Recorded live. Welcome in to another lectionary Sabbath sermon as we are getting ready to worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth as we do every day. At the morning and at the evening, we are to offer a pure offering and incense. Now we are gathered together, as they had done in the first century, to hear his whole word being spoken. Yes, it is a commandment. The whole company of the priests, the great company of priests at Jerusalem, it says, were converted. They became obedient to the faith. And so there was quite some structure. We had, there was so much structure, they needed Stephen to wait on tables so that no one could be interrupted in their prayers. All right, we had a little audio difficulty there with this microphone. I hope everyone can hear me now. Let's do a test. If there are any issues with people hearing, please uh, let us know in the chat room. Seems to have been solved, but just looking for some feedback. Let's see, test.
Testing, testing. Okay, it seems the audio has been restored. Okay, well, this is just our Sabbath election. Every seventh day we do have a gathering where we hear the word expounded upon in a special way. Uh, we have the morning service where these scriptures are read also with the Old Testament verses. As it says in the Word of God, we are to annually go through the whole law and to, yes, teach it thoroughly to our children, to speak of it when we sit in our homes, when we walk on our way, and when we lie down and when we rise up. That good news. That's part of praising our Heavenly Father, is to tell, to tell people how great His good news is and to tell people and invite them to study the Word a little bit deeper. Praise Yahweh. So, that's what we're doing today, is we go a little bit deeper to study it, although we do touch on it in the morning divine services and in the evening services. It is a part of the worship, and it is a part of when we gather together to do the psalms, the, the chanting, the singing, the communion, and to worship our Heavenly Father. We have now, the, after intermission, we have a period of just reading the Word and, and studying it together. So, welcome into our service to get into the lectionary part of the, the uh, sermon that we are doing today from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 8. And let's start in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Luke chapter 8. Praise Yahweh, we have a great message of victory today, as every day. And we pray more people might come into his liberty. His liberty of forgiveness. After we confess our sins and we turn away from sins and repent, now we've reached liberty because it says sin is bondage. Praise Yahweh. That's what keeps us in bondage. The only way that the devil can have access into people's lives is if there's sin. Okay, Sin sometimes cannot be your own sin, but it could be sins of others. Where God's law says be separate from those others who have said they're staying in continual sin. Now, people will say, well, Christ ate with the publicans and the sinners. Well, actually, 
Now, you're quoting from when he called his apostle Matthew, who was a tax collector, okay? And he feasted with them, and the, it says that the scribes and Pharisees saw that he feasted with them. Look, Matthew repented. He didn't stay an evil tax collector. Or are you calling all tax collectors sinners? It doesn't mean all tax collectors are sinners either. Say he chose them. Okay? But we're getting into a topic about Mary Magdalene today. Yeah, Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3 is an awesome story of Mary Magdalene. A part of her deliverance from evil. That's what we pray for. But if you notice, what we do, we always pray, first of all, give us our daily bread. and you know, it, it all goes in order. Uh, and through God's help, it says we confess our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, yes. And then the next part, after being forgiven, is deliver from evil. You see, so if people are not confessing trespasses and they just say, oh, well, I'm perfect. Well, you see, they're leaving in place the legal rights for the enemy to keep them in bondage. And Yahweh wants us all to be set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. So, that's where we ought to be. I mean, don't you enjoy being totally out of any problems? That's where God wants you to be. He's in those blessings of Abraham. In Galatians 3, it says that he purchased it for you, that through the blood of Yeshua, all those blessings of Abraham have come upon us. And what does it say those blessings are? It says that we are the head only, and we are not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. You might have a problem, but you'll be above it. And overcoming it, this is we overcome the devil also by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So there's an overcoming aspect. And why? Because we run the race and we win the crown and we even get that down payment of that inheritance as we are called, as we are called to be not only part of his royal priesthood, but as joint heirs with Christ. And if you want to see how Christ always had his needs met, we're going to get into that too today in this area of Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And part of those blessings of Abraham continue on. And they say, you're a lender and not a borrower. You walk in prosperity, not in poverty. And you walk in health, not in sickness. Okay? Those are those blessings that he's called through the blood of Yeshua is that right that cleanses us from sin. Okay? We can do our daily prayers with just the Lord's Prayer. And yes, that's great. And it is perfect. And it is enough. As long as we do it with understanding and focusing on each word and the meaning of each word. Okay? This day is daily bread. You see, that's a daily prayer. So, every day you have to pray about the different kinds of nourishment, the different kinds of bread that you need. And there's even other kind of spiritual food. As it says, man does not live 
by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It says that we are going to be in good health as our soul does prosper. Yes, as your soul does prosper, you shall be in health. So smile. That's, that is a soul person is someone who is happy, who is joyful, who has that fruit of the Spirit, that love, that joy, peace. The fruit of the Spirit is those things, love, joy, peace. Are you feasting on that? That's what we need to feast on is that joy, that love, that peace. You have to choose it. And as Yeshua told that woman at the well, you'll drink from the rivers of living water that flow from your belly, and you'll drink those waters, and you will thirst no more. All right? As your soul prospers, as you drink those supernatural, or some would call it supernatural, but it's part of your soul, where you have in the soul that love, that joy, that peace, and that you multiply it, okay? You remember to share love. It's a commandment to have love. A lot of people forget that. The top two commandments, love Yahweh and love your neighbor. It, it strikes through every single foothold that the enemy has. You know what the greatest sin is, is just not having love. You know what it says? If you tell your brother Raka, okay, you're in danger of hellfire. If someone just says, thou fool, it says you have committed an offense in the spirit world that entitles you to be destroyed. I hate to break it to you. This is the words of Jesus. Now, he didn't have always good news. He said, if you would lust in your heart after a married woman, you have already committed adultery in your heart or after forbidden mamzer or other race, you have committed adultery in your heart already. And you're guilty on a level, as it says, they who are without sin, who are the Levites, who are pure, who every morning did the services so they are without sin if they're doing it correctly and they were supposed to cast the stones after a court case with two witnesses and there were no two witnesses from Mary Magdalene and he said, where are your accusers? There had to be two who stood through and it says both the man and the woman had to be stoned together, not just the woman. So if they didn't have the man there to be stoned, it could not proceed because the law, otherwise they're with sin also on that point. They have to follow all of it. So he didn't say don't throw the stones. No, he said you who are without sin, you who are not missing the mark, you who are not missing any details, you know, that's also the word for sin is missing at the mark or missing even the vital points, okay? Missing key ingredients. It's also falling short, okay? That's the word for sin. Sin is not always a moral thing. It could just be missing the missing out. 
miss the party. Okay? It's not really a personal thing always. It, you know, sin can even be a national thing. That has, it's totally outside of your control. And the stronghold that's operating in your life could be a national thing. And it says, flee to the mountains in some stages in this world that we're going to have to. It says, when you see the abomination of desolation, flee to the mountains. That means flee the jurisdiction. And be ready, it says, with your staff ready, with your shoes ready, everything at your, it says, all the saints should be ready to go. Okay? Because in a moment's notice, he could just cause a, a flood. He can cause, you know, some other country to do something. And it could cause an invasion. Who knows what? But we got to be ready. To, and it says, keep your lamps burning. Be ready for the master to come because he'll come quickly. And it says, be watching and be be praying that you might be counted worthy to escape the things that shall come to pass, that you might stand before the Son of Man. You know, it says there's going to be these seven virgins who didn't even store up any oil, and they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it because they didn't repair themselves. They just pushed everything to the limits. They lived for their own flesh. That's the seven virgins who were not wise. But we who will be wise are going to stay active. And we're going to lead others and show others by example, but at least for our own self, okay, we're going to have to be fat. We're going to have to have that oil operating, you know, that that storing and activating and using the Word of God for our victory in every day and every situation, not just laying down and being defeated. We can't. We can't afford to be laying down and be defeated, okay? The devil comes in, like a devourer, it says. He's, he, he's, it says he's a thief and a liar and a murderer, and he, he seeketh who he might devour. Comes around like a roaring lion. All right, And we have to be ready to escape everything that might come to pass and to, to stand. And it says you take that, that breastplate of righteousness. You know, this, this is also part of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, you have all these parts of the fruit of the Spirit, and you have the armor that covers the fruit of the Spirit. The shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of Yahweh, the truth of the that covers your loins, the belt, the good the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shoes, and the uh this helmet of salvation. All these parts are part of that covering and guarding this fruit of the Spirit. Is the fruit of the Spirit, it says, against such is no law. So there cannot be anything that can go against it. There's no rules that can destroy the fruit of the Spirit. So guard it. Guard it with your life, that love, that joy, that peace, because it says love never fails. Never. It's impossible for love to fail. If you're building someone up, it doesn't matter how angry they are at you, and you tell them how good they are, they're going to smile because they like people like to hear that, you know. And you tell them that how important they are in a good way, of course. And you build them up in love. They're not gonna. And you say, "Oh, I like how you did that," or something. They're going to really, you know, you win, right? And it says, even your enemies. When you love your enemy, you're putting coals of fire on their head. There are people who wish to be enemies. It's, it's true. But it says that they're just going to be ashes under our feet. 
it says that the wicked will be ashes under your feet, and it says that the snakes, all of them, will just get pushed under our feet. It says that, like we covered last week, that Satan will be bruised shortly under your feet. And basically, that's what we have. We are to remember that. That's what is the continual basis, is just we crush, we bruise our foot, and we crush the devil. It happens all the time. They continue to want to go under our feet, but they can't go higher. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. But what happens is people will live below their privileges. They'll live under the lies of the devil of what's not true, They'll forget the liberty and the freedom that they've been given and the truth. And they live under demonic lies and live below their privileges. Yes, we have great privileges in Christ and we should live in them, enjoy them, and celebrate. Keep the feasts together, keep the Sabbaths together, and really enjoy what God has given us. I'm sure that Christ was doing it when he was here. And Luke chapter 8, let's start with verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Yes, they were ministering of their substance. And if you check what, what kind of background they had, they were some of the richest people in the region and in that part of the world even. Mary Magdalene's family, we found in we have several books on these topics, was quite rich as well. Okay, and although they were quite rich, they were under much attack. They took in Christ, and not only in this talks about here, but in other scriptures, where they they made great provisions for Christ. took very good care of, and the hearers as they ministered their substance to him. You know, he was living really, truly as the king, and he really had everything he needed. I mean, you would think he wouldn't need it, because if you can't, what it says, how much gold and silver, uh, how much gold and uh, frankincense and myrrh, I should say, was given when he was just a boy. It doesn't say he was an infant. It's is giving, it could have been he was just a, a young boy when they came. The th- they not even called three wise men. It says the Magi of the East. They saw the, uh, it is tradition, they say there was three of them, but there's nothing in the scripture that says there was three wise men. It just says the Magi. And their caravans were so big, carrying so much gold, so much king items, frankincense and myrrh, that it caused Herod to freak out and to have slaughtered every single 
Hebrew child because it was such a big thing, I mean, to see the caravans coming in. It wasn't just three men. Okay, they were coming to serve the king. They were coming to give homage to a true king from the Parthian Empire, which was the east. Okay, from there was the Parthian Empire, and that was the superpower of the time that threatened Rome and defeated them and had really <laughs> scared Herod. Okay. So yeah, he had all the Hebrew children killed. They had um, really to really to uh, recognize, you know, that there was really some some actual king who was coming forward, and he was in every way, shape, and form. His uncle Joseph of Arimathea is noted as the richest man in the whole world. He was a tin miner from Britain as well. And they married into the royal family of Britain, and their names are enlisted as they were imprisoned together. In the first century, they were imprisoned, and they were defeated by Rome. The the uh, whole British royal family was at Rome on parole for quite some time. The grandfather, the father, and the princes, and the princesses. Well, and these also married into the Hebrew families of Joseph of Arimathea and others. And so these were some of the early first century saints. The first ever successor to Peter was also British. Uh, the, The Pope, if you can look it up, he was a descendant of the British royal family. And that, again, goes to show how when Christ came to Britain with his uncle, the richest man in the world, who was also leader of the... He was a, a top leader in the Sanhedrin there in Jerusalem, a man who had a lot of power. He was able to go and get Christ's body. He was able to, to enter before Pilate and Herod and he was able to demand the body. Okay. Um, he had, it says he was a member not only of the Sanhedrin, but there's a lot of history that shows he had boats that were quite impressive. And he was, he had a great trade route from Egypt, Alexandria, Spain, and Britain. And this all was well known. And there was a lot of things, interesting things going on. But what he chose to do finally was, after quite some peril, is to go with a great number of the apostles and early saints to Britain. You know, Aristobulus is the first bishop in Britain. Aristobulus is well known, and it's in the official histories of the East and West, that he was the first bishop. And the second one was Joseph of Arimathea. And it is official history, him and Philip and others, all relocated and made their main base in Glastonbury, where they had 12 hides of land, where they continued to go tax-free 
This is all documented as official history throughout the world, not just in Britain. And it is recognized in France, Spain, and in other parts of the world. Germany, Russia, even yeah, early Kiev, Rus. They had monks of Glastonbury baptizing their heirs, their princes and princesses because they understood they were successors of the apostles. So today I want to focus in on the fact that a lot of people think that we don't have to deal with spiritual fights. But they don't think evil spirits bother anyone. They just say, oh, it's just a bad person. Well, Mary Magdalene was afflicted it says here, she had seven devils. She was healed, okay, in that spiritual sense, healed. And those evil spirits were driven out of her body. They were afflicted with infirmities. Several women. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Okay. That was a, an affliction. Another woman, it says, was bound for, what was it, 20 years that he set her free on Sabbath because the word Sabbath has to do with being set free. Okay? Sabbath means to be untied from the world. All those cares and passions and worries and hard work and labors and stress, all of it is it's the day that we are set free from stress. So we should enjoy and celebrate and have the best food on Sabbath and have the best time together. Enjoy our, your time together and most of all being positive. You know, sometimes it's hard to be positive, but you know what? Sometimes all you got to do is just lift up the corners of your mouth. Just do it and then it follows. It follows after that. You don't have to get it the other way around. You do it and then you act it, you choose it. And once you choose it, the rest will follow. Sometimes we forget, but we have to choose it. And the devil doesn't like people who are cool, calm, and collected. He wants people who worry. You know, worry is a sin. You know, we have to confess the sin of worry sometimes. And these kind of sins are the additional sins that Christ talked about. You know, he said, you know, that... If you just think it in your heart, you've committed the sin. If you think in your heart, your brother's a fool, you could be in danger of hell fire. Okay, that's what it says. So imagine the people who are doing that to bishops and priests and elders and good men and good women, people who've done nothing wrong. And they just think these, even if they did something bad, they still have no right we all have no right to judge people in our hearts. You, you, Jesus said, Yeshua the Christ told us, you can be then in danger of the sin of murder. Okay? We don't want to have any hate. We don't want any root of bitterness. No, we don't. Only love. And you know, if we make a mistake, he will forgive us. So if, you, if we fall into worry, that's the good news. If we fall into some bitterness or anger, 
look, it goes for a moment, but within minutes, we should be restored back to our friend and loved one. It can always happen. And we have to be forgiving to those who might fall. But we should help them up again. Show some compassion. And really do have that good contact with people. Invite them for food if needed. You know, just, just show a good time. Sometimes that's what's needed and God will give you some way to minister to them indirectly. We can do that too. But yes, uh, we are Christians, so Christians do never want to do anything that is non-loving. You know, really as a Christian, you only want to have love. But what happens is if we make a mistake and we go outside of love, we catch ourselves, we confess the sin, and we get back on track. But you know, whenever you start to become more and more important for Yahweh, whenever you're doing something more that helps other people, well, then the more you could come under attack so that you have to be even more careful not to fall when, you know, they're pushing your button. If someone is pushing your buttons to try and get you angry, you know, that is where, okay, it's more critical. Like, for example, Donald Trump, he never gets angry at anybody. He continues to give respect although they're not respecting him. He will he will be honest, but he doesn't get angry. He answers them not according to the way they talk to him. They talk to him very, very badly and dishonestly. And he responds with facts. He responds answering their stupid questions. And although it's been often repetitive, he still shows... Everything to the light. And they do hundreds of stories against him. Every day there's a new one in the media. So yeah, after a while now he's starting, I don't know, some big things that they've been doing. Now it's starting to show that they're just fake news, really with an agenda. So he's done that rightfully so. But he doesn't do it out of anger. He hasn't responded. All the uh, character attacks that have been against him, he hasn't responded in anger. Losing the camera there. Moment. have to get better lighting here. Okay. You can see okay? All right. Yes, and so there is quite a good quite a good situation when we stay on that path because then we have the victory. We recognize we have the victory. You look at what's the end result. Not to 
answer these people according to their folly. They might say, oh, F you, you're a jerk, right? That's a lot of the time what they say to Donald Trump. A lot of people might just say these kind of really, as we would say, unintelligent words to, to us or our friends. Some will misuse terms, reverting to name-calling often, and none of that amounts to anything. But the truth, and you shall know them by their fruits, the way and what the, those fruits produce, either thorns or thistles or the fruit of the Spirit. And if it produces good things, if it produces help for people, if it produces help in your own life and the help in your family and your friends and your, you know, close family and those who you share with, you know, that's where you see the fruit and that's where you know that person where they are. But, you know, it says don't judge anyone. So I just don't judge them at all. You know, I give them a chance. I let their own work speak for themselves. And sometimes I'll say, are you sure that that's your intention? And when they say, yeah, that is my intention, then okay, you don't have to judge them anymore because they have confirmed it with their own words and confirmation. And now I still might not judge them and still give them a chance of recourse. Okay? Now that can get dangerous for me of course, depending how hostile they are. They might try and use up my time, my energy, my space, whatever they can. But to continue in love is to give them opportunity to come to church, an opportunity to hear the word and learn. And that's what we all can do, is to give them the good news and, and show them, look how good God shows us to have love. For example, one of the biggest issues that people have is gossip and speaking behind people's backs. Well, you know, the, the Word of God has the good news. Not only it says judge no one, but wait, you know, and continue to do what's good and hope all things and give everyone a good chance and check all things and, and really see if that was really what they did, but not to judge them and say, oh, I know what kind of person that guy is or that girl I know who, what kind of woman she is. No, it doesn't say you do any of that. It says you check what they're doing, or you just don't judge them at all. You check what they say. And you might say, oh, that was that a mistake? I'm sorry. I'm, I, did I do you wrong? You know, and something like this. And if they really are bad, okay, maybe they will get very angry. But it says you will win your brother that way. And it says go two times to your brother if they've if he's done some offense against you. Go two times to him. And then if he still doesn't listen, bring bring two witnesses and if he still doesn't listen, then bring the whole church if you have to. And those are great solutions for relationships. And this is all through the New Testament. It gives us the word. It gives us these wonderful solutions. And you know, we could tell people about that about these great solutions and invite people to, to learn what Jesus has to say for our victory. And so it's great. We can continue to reach people, get people to come, up, come around, and you know then there's no foothold for the devil. When sins start to get cleaned up, 
You know, like Christ told Mary Magdalene, he said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, go be proud of your sins and go have a parade. You know, <laughs> let's have a pride month. How about that? Let's call it the pride month for all the school children to learn. Of all the accomplishments of adulterers, for example. No, he didn't do that. He said, go and sin no more. We know also, unless we are ashamed of all of our sins, we cannot partake of any of God's sacraments. If you give someone the Holy Communion who is not ashamed of all of their sins, who's not confessed and proven it with a penitent heart, it says, you know, and if they haven't shown correction in their life and to show that they are not promoting sins for sure, uh, they've turned their lives around, then they have not done any of that. And if they are just given the communion without analyzing, without them checking and analyzing themselves and teaching people of repentance and getting them to confess it together with the church, to confess all sins like it is in our liturgy, to go through. And we will uh, read the general confession because it is very helpful. If you have the Book of Common Prayer, you can turn to it with us. If you don't have a copy, I really suggest you get the 1928 version of the Book of Common Prayer, and then you can begin to do the liturgy together with us. And if you do... Uh, desire that we expand our services to include the actual divine services at the at the correct times. We will do it together on Skype, although there is no plan to record it, because these are worship services for worship time. So let's read it. General Confession. He said by the whole congregation after the minister, all kneeling. It reads, Almighty, everyone says this together. And most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways. Like lost sheep, we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Yahweh, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. There are thou those, O Elohim, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we might hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer together with me and you are Christian, converted, and baptized, you're new, you have, you want to confess all sins, then I will pray for you to be forgiven now. Almighty God, the Father of our Sovereign, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather 
that he may turn from his wickedness and live. He hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfailingly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him, grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present and that the rest of our lives hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy through Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord. Amen. You are forgiven. Hallelujah. That's how a part of the service is actually started. We have in our liturgy, we come to worship Him in purity. We come to worship Him without sin. We come as Christ had commanded and told everyone to go and sin no more, to turn from all sin, okay, that we might walk in that newness of life. Like I say, worry is a sin. Hate is nine times out of ten a sin. Love, anything that's not of love, anything that's not of faith is sin, Paul said, okay? Let's have hope in people, too. Sometimes when we just judge someone wrongfully, that's a sin. We need to bring that before Yahweh and ask forgiveness on those things. That the Holy Spirit might give us that true repentance. And we pray now that the Holy Spirit can fill these areas. So, you see, once we deal with sin, we find the root cause. For the demonic, for the evil spirits, like Mary Magdalene was possessed of, Yes, she was under bondage. Just like other women, like as Christ said, that the devil had bound this woman these last 18 years. Okay? And he set free that woman, healed her. He couldn't stand upright. Okay? She was healed. Okay? And often the healings, the only thing that he did was said, your sins are forgiven. Okay? And when you take of the communion, you're also taking that cleansing that forgiveness of sin and the cleansing that come from being forgiven. So there's power in it to daily confess your trespasses and ask forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive all of us our trespasses. Okay? And that prayer is said always with the word us. Okay? So we're praying for our brethren also to be brought in to his kingdom, and that they might repent of all sin. And we have to continue to plead and pray for our Heavenly Father to let our brethren, who are now, right now, outside of the kingdom, that they can come in. Yes, so many who would normally, you would think, would be in the kingdom, they're not going to be in there, it says. He's going to, and there's going to be a rapture. It says two will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other will not. Okay, we're going to be so surprised 
how many are in there and how many are not. And the biggest factor is willingness of the heart and love. And people who are not willing and they're not open, that's the big one, okay? Because just love him with all your heart. That's your willingness. That's your that's your um, your beliefs as well, and your your attitudes. The attitude, okay? That's the heart, and it shows on the face very quickly. We have to choose his attitudes, his beliefs, his word. That, like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. To have it as our belief so strongly and have it as our attitude so strongly. It says you learn to hate sin and love good. Okay? That's what we do. We learn to hate the sin, abhor sin, like Paul said. <laughs> you know, just to learn that God's way is better and, and just show it to others. There's so many people, they, they're they're brainwashed into this whole situation of Teaching that the Bible is is crap is really bad. That people will speak against God's laws, but we're supposed to have His praise continually in our mouth, and we will continue to light that light and fire of light that will burn out every bit of of place that the devil can try to occupy. And we have to have that gospel in our mouth. It says, "Let it always your speech always become the gospel." Hallelujah. Everywhere we go, we should have the gospel there. We should tell the good news. We should mention the name of Jesus where we go and try where we go to share that good news. It says, be ready to give every man an answer of the hope that lies within you. Hopefully, Yahweh willing, as we have prayed today, that we will have his kingdom come and will be done more on earth as it is in heaven. So, I pray that more people can spread that good news, that people will be thinking ahead of time. Look, you might have a situation, you meet someone new, just be ready, have a few words, have a few sentences ready how you're going to reach them in a, in a new situation or in repetitive situations that, you know, that come up. Be ready to give them the gospel. That is the good news of the kingdom. And, the, you know, here that he was teaching them the kingdom, the glad tidings of the kingdom. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Now I'll just close with that truth. Now may we spread that good news to others and experience more of his dominion, his kingdom operating in our lives that we don't be like it says, they who teach men to keep his commandments will be called great in the kingdom, but they who teach men to break even the least of the commandments, they'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't even say they're going to be in the kingdom. It just says they'll be called the least. So I pray and hope that people, like it says, will become like little children, be open and willing. Because unless you, and it, it says, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom. If your righteousness does not exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, the scribes and Pharisees were doing it quite good, but he said that you have to even do it more right than them and more correct than them. He said, whatever they bid you to do, that, he says, they sit in Moses' seat, so whatever they bid you to do, 
observe it and do it, but don't do after their works, for they say and they do not. They would read the words, like, for example, love Yahweh with all your heart, but they had no idea what that meant. The very biggest commandment, okay? But now, through the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit now, and through that earth we have in Christ, that renewal, that rebirth, and that higher, his first man, Adam, was a living soul, made a little lower than the angels, but the last man, Adam, we are born into is Yahweh from heaven. We have a higher position as a joint heir with Christ. Now, he earned it for us, and we can be born into it. Yes, it is like a new birth. He told Nicodemus that, and it is a strengthening. It is a continual feeding. You have to live by every word of God and be prospering as your soul does prosper. So we have to share that gladness, that good news. We have to wear it like a clothing. It says you have, you put on the spirit, you put on that good news, put on that joy, that love, that peace, which is the fruit of the spirit. And it says we will always have that wrestling going on between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh destroys but the Spirit gives and builds up life. So praise Yahweh, we will always have this challenge, and so we should always look for and try and memorize and plan ahead like kind of like a math exam. Now we're going to bring good news to all the various situations we go throughout the day and additional new ones. And have that glory operating in you. Have that gladness and goodness, peace and love. I just want to thank our Heavenly Father for those loved ones who we know have that spirit. And I want to ask now that Yahweh blesses you. And all those who are seeking to have his Holy Spirit fill us more and more. I pray that there will become a double portion of the Holy Spirit. And that we will all be helped because only through his own help we can do any good thing. Paul had said, and as it says in the Psalms, that no man seeketh to do good, no, not one. And as Paul said, it is God who works in you to both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we ask, Holy Spirit, please fill us. Please give us that charisma. Give us that grace to reach other people and to be in a, a way of, of ministry to others and to bring them to church and bring them to Bible study and bring them on to this broadcast and to share with us in the chat rooms or to just hear us in the MB3 if they are listening on download or to find a local church in the best scenario and to grow in these things and to, to find a, one that feeds them and to, to get the word operating in their lives most of all. And so pray that people will continue to gather together with us to hear his word spoken every seventh day of the week a high holy day supposed to be different than all the other days of the week holy forever made holy the seventh day of God had made it at creation to be holy so we celebrated this day that day of it being higher and holier than the other days of the week that way next week we can pick up on a higher situation and then take it to even a higher one next Sabbath. So we're just looking forward to seeing all the fruit as you continue to water the tree. You continue to 
hear his word, as you continue to seek his goodness and gladness. And I just pray for an extra inspiration and an extra grace to be imparted to each and every person listening. We might share that, those glad tidings as Christ has shared and set many people free of diseases, of spirituals, strongholds and infirmities, and of devils and strongholds, and cast out devils and cast out unclean spirits and evil spirits by that love. And it says, perfect love casteth out all fear. I pray that we'll be more and more in that love so that it is clear that we'll just bruise our foot on the heads of every snake. We'll learn to separate from and close the doors to the ones who try to take us down because we are to be holy. We are to be separate and apart from the world. Hallelujah. We know that good news that it is coming. All the enemies, all of the wicked will be raptured out of the world and the righteous will remain. Praise Yahweh. Take care until next week. Yahweh bless you. And we're looking forward to having you. If if you have any comments, you can send them to us. We also have telephone call-ins during this entire broadcast. We try to keep it to the last 15 minutes. Questions can also come in the chat room, too. Yours truly. I will be very happy to answer them. You can also look at the website, orthodoxchurch.nl, and send us any comments or questions, and I can take announcements and guest speakers into this system, and we can have you on to share with us or to to read aloud any or information you would like to be shared or any questions we can keep at the last 15 minutes of the broadcast. Quite a few questions come in this week, not really related to the podcast. So take care. Until next week, Yahweh bless. Bye-bye.